Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. On this episode, these two YouTube legends stop by. The Ask Gary V Show. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 247 of the Ask Gary V Show. First of all, is that what do you got? Instagram? Live. That's Instagram. Facebook Live. Instagram Live. You're Facebook Live? And Facebook Live is where we're taking the phone numbers from? Bingo. All right, Facebook Live, put your phone numbers down. I'm gonna introduce my guests in a second, but put your phone numbers in and we're gonna call you in a little bit. We are on a roll with guests on the Ask Gary Vee Show. Uh, last couple have been really substantially awesome, and this one I think has the potential to top it even more. <laughs> we'll I have see. a cut in half wrestling belt that if you watch Daily V, you know what that's about. But for the ones that don't or didn't serendipitously catch that, I'm gonna allow these two tremendously handsome individuals introduce themselves. So let's start with the better looking one first. My man, why don't you tell the Vayner Nation who you are? I am Lincoln from What's Inside. Our channel is that we cut stuff open, so. That's what you do? Yeah, that's that's why we have there. And Lincoln, how old are you and where are you from? I'm 11 and I'm from so you were born in 2006? Yes. <laughs> I know, seriously, right? Bro, that hurts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you, my man? So I'm Dan, I am Lincoln's dad, and we started this channel off of his second grade science project, and all of a sudden it turned into a YouTube channel where we now have four million subscribers. I used to sell drugs like Viagra and Lipitor and those things, and now I'm a YouTuber full-time as of July of this last year, so kind of crazy the way the digital world works. And I heard this story, and I don't think it made our vlog, but it, the second grade project, let's just let's spend a second on that because I think it's important for everybody to realize what the seed of things that can happen. So many of you are sitting at home and saying, I'm gonna become an influencer, I'm gonna become a YouTuber, and you're manipulating it in your head, and what you're trying to force something instead of listening, you're talking, right? You're trying to manifest it instead of paying attention to and reacting to something. Yours was a reaction. You became a full-time YouTuber by reacting to something that happened. Let's tell that story because I think it could be a framework for so many of you that can help you get to what you want in reverse. Right, so yeah, I mean, we, we had been on, we'd had like 80 different videos on YouTube that are family videos and different things and I'd kind of looked at the algorithm and saw, saw maybe we should optimize these. I mean, you can make money off of YouTube and stuff, but. How did that even, how did you even so, stumble on that thought? Did you read an article? Like, so way back in the day, like just just reading articles and seeing the Google AdSense, I had a website of a failed company that I did way back in the day that was like secret that people didn't know about. Some people still don't know about. We spent like $25,000 on this company, failed, and I learned about Google AdSense with that website that we had. And then once I got onto YouTube, I'm like, oh, ads they can run on there. Too. Yeah. And so we had a science project, and at the time, there was an article that said that the number one place that people look for questions is on YouTube, not google.com, but on YouTube. And so his science project was ask a science-related question and then you answer it in your project. So his was, dad, why do we, what's, in, what's inside of sports balls? So we cut open the five different sports balls. I set my phone up on the kitchen counter. Lincoln was totally sick during those videos. Yeah, like, I, I look like a zombie. <laughs> he does. Like, I look like a zombie. But we, we put them up there. It's like, we, we put them in individual videos. Like, what's like inside of baseball? Uh, <laughs> not, not that. That much of something. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yep. And so we put those on YouTube and we just, like a year later, we made $4 in one day off of AdSense. That's when you decided to retire and go full time. That's it, full time, there we go. Quit the day job. 
Yeah, so, so that was December of 2014, and bam, $4 in one day. So I'm like, Lincoln, I think we got something here. By the time you're 18 years old, you might have a little bit of money for college. So let's just keep cutting stuff open. We'll keep doing it in different worlds of YouTube. Of, and so anytime somebody's watching a video, the suggested will hopefully be our video. So we just cut open some more sports balls and we published like five videos in one day and we lost half of our 40 subscribers. Yeah. You went from 40 to 20. Exactly. So that's like, okay, okay, no more posting five things a day. Yes. Time to learn about like what the algorithm actually does. So January, 2015, started fresh. Uh, April of 2015, we hit 1,000 subscribers. We went out for ice cream. We were super stoked. And then what, we fla hit what flavor did you get? <laughs> um, Oreo and vanilla. And <laughs> yeah. you? I just got a mixture of like cake batter and yummy stuff, yeah. Okay. <laughs> D-Rock, what's your favorite ice cream? Cookie dough. Oh, Andy? Good Andy? Good choice. Cookie dough's pretty good. I'll go with cookie dough. Cookie dough? Yeah, yeah, cookie yeah cookie I get it, I get it. Cookie dough is good. Dunk? For Ben and Jerry, it's uh... No, not just Ben and Jerry. I know that we've gone ever. Globally, your favorite ice cream flavor. Ice cream. Chocolate fudge brownie. Uh-huh. I love brownies. Chuck? Cookies and cream, for sure. Yeah. Cookies and cream? There we go. Cookies and cream? Yes. Yeah. Vanilla fudge. Gary? I mean, none of my top three even made it. Coffee, uh, mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip's good. And strawberry. Okay, that's good. Strawberry. Nice. You like strawberry? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. I, I like, I love strawberry, um. The fruit. Like, no. Okay. The smoothies. Smoothies, okay, got it. So you made a thousand bucks, now what? Well, we hit a thousand subscribers, a thousand yep, subscribers. in April. Yep. And then by August, we hit a hundred thousand. So we, what was the first viral video? So the first viral video, I would say, would be the bowling ball video that we had. Yeah. What's inside of a bowling ball, and it's the first time I'd ever used a chop saw before, and that was kind of, if, kind of the draw. If you go back and watch that video, he has a big, Two by four. Two by four stick poking the bowling ball, trying to cut it open. Like it was bad. And then yeah. in that you video, guys have become much better at cutting things open. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit better. So yeah, so a year later we hit a million subscribers. So December two thousand. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yes. Is today Wednesday? Yes. So he just misses school. He misses school today. Yep. But that's the thing, we told him. He's learning from you, like, what? Yeah. you don't learn this in school. You don't get to meet with the king of digital no, no, advertising. No, just, just so you know, just so you know, I didn't do that for a laugh. I did that to remind everybody how much I actually believe in what you're doing. I promise you this man has no prayer of remembering what the curriculum was in his school on today's day, but he will always remember meeting D-Rock. That's right. For a second time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep this going. Yeah. So, boom, 100,000. Now you clearly didn't say this to me the other day and now I'm putting the pieces together. You have been historically fascinated by this ad arbitrage, this ad sense thing. Yeah. I, listen, I would tell you that me and AJ early on were fascinated by Google AdWords and, and AdSense and the arbitrage. So you naturally went into understanding distribution, right? You figured out what your creative was, which is, which is by the way, brilliant because you never, in your lifetime, and you're a young dude, will ever be able to cut open every item on earth. No. Which is why Wine Library TV was very successful, and this is the lesson for everybody. When you create something, try to create something that you'll never achieve doing all of it. Too many people start channels, or concepts, or creatives, that after four videos, it's over because you can't do anything else. Wine Library TV was amazing because I could never taste every wine. Forever. You have no chance of ever cutting. So once you got your creative down, you really got, 
super smart around distribution. As a matter of fact, as everybody knows, I asked you, on, you know, once I picked up on that, I emailed you a couple days ago and said, hey, can you stay for an extra hour and talk to Andy and the team? Love to pick up on some of your nuances. And we're, we know what we're doing, but YouTube has never been historically the place I went quadruple deep down on. And I, so you really became not only this creative powerhouse, but you've become quite strong at the distribution of content within the ecosystem. Yeah, I think most of it is like, we're not the- Are you proud of your dad for that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. We're not the best actors, if you're gonna put it that way. Like a lot of times, we, we don't even know what's gonna be inside of something before we cut it open because sometimes we're not good actors. I don't actors. even know what we're cutting open. He just surprises me sometimes. I'm, and I'm like, no. Yeah, and I'm not I mean, let's not downplay open, what kind of star yeah, this guy is. Yeah, no, he's good, he's good. You? <laughs> no, I'm not that great of an actor. But I feel like, we understand the algorithm. Like I have a finance background and that's what I did. I'm like, I'm gonna go and figure out every little thing about the algorithm that I can so that I can understand it. And it's a moving target, it. right? It does, it changes things, all the time. Right, and yeah. so do you get excited when it changes because you can find new things? It's, yeah. Like, or it's, are you at this big place now where you're like, do not change that much because I've got to figure it out. I mean, out. we do have a, a lot of things figured out, but as soon as something does change, we're pretty quick to And have you brought him into that part? Or is that kind of like, it gets, I mean, that's kind of nerdy stuff. So a lot of it is like, we. I want. I don't want Lincoln to feel like he's like this kid that has a job, like a full-time job. So he comes and does the fun stuff. It is a lot of work. But um, but there are some things that he yeah I do help with some of the ideas yeah like creation or when we're working with a brand like we'll come to Lincoln and be like sometimes I've I've pitched something one of our first big possible brand deals that we had a company came to us and wanted to give us fifty thousand dollars and I was like oh my gosh this is so much money I said Lincoln all we have to do is cut open this product and we can't say what it is so we didn't end up doing it I was like this is so much money let's do it Lincoln and he says he says Dad we'll be selling out we can't do that product so what did we do that week Lincoln what gave you the internal strength to turn down so much money um I just didn't feel like it was the right thing to do because we kept on f- filming things that are not brand deals because we just wanted to build it up yep. too. You thought dad was trying to cash out a hair too early? Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. yeah, and the funny thing is, this is a true story, that week is the week that we published a video that I didn't like at all. It was the rat- what's inside a rattlesnake rattle. That video got 42 million views in a week and was the number three most trending video, viral video of all of 2016 on YouTube. And that was the week when I wanted to do the $50,000 brand deal that would have been the sellout that Lincoln's like, no dad, we can't do this. So Lincoln, you take full credit for all the success. Oh. What percentage of the success is you and what percentage is dad? Just your opinion, one man's point of view. Uh, I think that 25% 25 is me and yeah. What a great kid, huh? He's the face, man. People love Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln, (laughs) what we know and what everybody who's watching knows is that for kids age five and a half to 18 um, and beyond, YouTube is such an incredibly important place. You are the face or one of the two faces of a channel that has four million subscribers. Do your classmates think you're famous? Um, They don't think much of it, but sometimes we just watch the videos in class. Like last year we watched a couple of them because that's like around the subject that we're working on. But really, it's not that much because like people at school, like at recess, they say, "I love your video. Let's go, let's go play football. Let's go play basketball." Let's yeah. go they play don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Because you keep it chill. Yeah. Okay, but how about when you guys go to ice cream now? I have to assume sometimes people roll up on you and say, "Whoa, I love your videos." Yeah. And people want to take selfies with you. Yeah, it's cool. You love that. Yeah. I agree. I, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay, so, so. What's the punchline now? Like, this is insanity. 
It's a good question. Like we, after watching some of your videos, like we want to try to grow on some of our other platforms. Um, YouTube, I feel like we're crushing it and we're having a blast. But um, maybe on Instagram, what Lincoln's favorite platform right now, not favorite platform, but favorite thing to do is to go live on Instagram right now. I just love connecting with fans in Instagram live. I, I don't know why, but I just love it. Because it's addicting. Yeah. 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 I just have a conversation with them. So we're learning that side of it. We're building a brand. Um, we've, we've worked with more brands this year already than we worked with our entire history so far. So. Like we, luckily we had some good mentors like Sean Duras with Snapchat. He took us under his wing and was like, Hey, help it, help me grow my YouTube channel. I'll help. I'll teach you how to not stop making TV commercials in your YouTube videos, but actually make authentic integrations that make the brand look like the all-star and makes great content for your fans. So, so yeah, so we're still learning and evolving. It's just like just us right now. We don't even, haven't even hired a full-time employee yet. Let's go to the phone, but that's coming. Soon. In the next couple of weeks, we've got two people coming on board. Two full you, two full time employees. Things. How many people applied? Yeah. A lot, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, in person, weeded out a lot of people. So. What, one of the things I keep telling you is to document and not create. When you document or you just do, serendipity happens, and then you can react to it. And that's the story. Of this. Hey, this is Gary V, and you're on the Ask Gary V Show. That's fucking sick. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> awesome. What's your name? Awesome. My name's Brian Pickowitz. Hey Brian, so what's your question? Um, so right now I own an online personal training company where I do online coaching. Um, and I'm having, I have a really successful platform that I'm operating on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm having a really difficult time getting more, I guess, viewership and subscriptions through my YouTube channel. So I don't think it's as much of a problem with the content, although the content could certainly be better. But I guess I really don't understand, is there something else I could be putting into it that would help um, really drive more content to my YouTube channel? How much, yeah, good question, really good question. How much time are you putting into your titles and your descriptions and from that side of thing, are you paying much attention to the tags and title descriptions that you put in? Uh, I am paying more attention now to the tags as I've gotten more into it. Um, I try not to clickbait people too much, but at the same time, that is a big part of at least getting attention organically. Um, I kind of base off of doing a Monday rant, like a Monday motivational rant, and then I do vlogs throughout the week. So I'm trying to build a brand around that, but I guess yeah, so I'm trying to attach it to different Instagram or fitness entrepreneurs and things of the like, but I guess I, I don't understand more of how that works. Before we get into the smart questions, let me ask you a macro question. What about, what are you trying to achieve? So right now, I, I, I honestly, I um, deleted you for a while, which is awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of added you again based off of just trying to get more focus on it. For me, I have personal goals. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You deleted, you deleted me because of my rants of like, stop listening to me and go do? Or you deleted yeah. me because I, it was, okay, that, that reason, right? Yes. Okay. And so, but what I started tapping into again was just trying to get more direction. But to answer your question, I am a budding competitive bodybuilder, so I'm working my way on that, and I'm building this coaching business as I grow. So my goal is as I grow, my personal brand grows, and this coaching grows with it. So I want to attach different things what do you, off of it, what like do, the what, line, what do you co- um, what do you, different sponsorships, what do you, but I, I'm what do you, incredibly what do you, patient. What do you, what do you, incredibly yeah, patient. Yeah, what are, you, uh, what are you coaching, and what does it cost, and what does it do? Well, so what I offer is essentially lifestyle coaching. So I'm a competitive bodybuilder, but I don't look at what I do as, 
a way of offering people bodybuilding because that's not what I want to do. I want to teach people how to diet healthy, understand how to diet, and understand how, much, how to work out. And how, and how much does that cost? It depends on the package that they buy. Um, some of my packages range up into the, you know, like I have a year-long package that's about $3,000. Um, and it kind of goes down from there. Um, the actual product is very, I guess, in-depth as far as what I'm offering my clients because the way that I look at it is I'm not just giving you a product of value based on showing this and that. I'm someone who's in your corner. So I try to actually build a team based off me and my client that makes it so that they know that. I think the hardest thing about fitness and getting in shape and stuff like that is most people feel like they're alone. And so my and job do you, is and do you, to and, and do you do that? in actuality, in, in phone calls and video, or is that through content, email? Um, it is through phone calls. So how actually, o- how I, often? I've worked um, bi-weekly, and then they have re- weekly report cards that they have to fill up. The business is actually very successful at this point. Um, I have, I've worked with over 200 clients in two years, um, and the hard part right now, I guess, is I'm trying to kind of transition into more of growing my brand rather than just growing based off clients, that makes sense? Of course. So my, my YouTube channel is where I'm trying to put more of my energy so I can attach, because like not everyone can afford uh, an expensive um, online coaching package. So I want to branch into smaller products that make it so I can grow this message a lot more uh, vastly, I guess. Have you, have, so, you, have you factored in that you're one of eight million people that are trying to do the same exact blueprint? Yes. Okay, so let's go back to the YouTube channel because I'm done with my macro work. He said clickbaiting. I think he put a negative connotation on something that you've used to create an enormous opportunity. Yeah, like I don't consider it clickbait if it's something that's within your video. Like we, like for example, our Rattlesnake Rattle video, the one part where you see the thumbnail, it's a black background and then we have the rattle on top of it that was planned out. Like I, I was gonna use a cutting board, I wasn't gonna cut it on there, but we purposely in the video went, oh, this is, this is too hard, let's get a cutting board. But it was just for that shot, just for the thumbnail, like it was thought out. So that's in the thumbnail, and then the title is like, what's inside of Rattlesnake Rattle. We have a family channel where we will do clickbaity stuff, but it's, it's if not, it's in the video, no, that's what it's no, about. No, no, and no, that's no, gonna no. Be let's just at. establish this right now. Here's clickbait. Naked boobs inside, and it's a football video. Watch this video and win a million dollars and it's, and it's an ice cream video. It's not being smart about, we are terrible at our YouTube titling. Me and DRock debate over a text and I'm like, uh, rumbling in Arizona. Like we do nothing smart about our, our, our image thumbnail and our title, which is why I'm just winning on the actual content not on all the smart things, and I know that because where I do the smart things, I win, and I win twice, 10, 15 times better than when I actually know the deet- what I'm doing on YouTube, which is my whole career has been lally-gagging on YouTube, including leaving YouTube when I was one of the first YouTube stars and going to Vidler. So it's like this, it's this funny relationship I have with it. But I wanna make sure you, Brian, and, and, and everybody knows that clickbaiting is when you fully trick somebody into it, sure. not you describe it properly and make it enticing to watch it. Clickbaiting is putting, again, an attractive individual on the image and when you click into it, it had nothing to do with it and at one second they flashed that so they could show that. Not strategically exactly. thinking about your, what you're gonna make in the video and then doing that for that purpose. That's called being smart. Yep. And 
And a no, lot of, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Listen, man, I'll tell you this. I answered your question, just so you know, which is everybody's trying to do what you're doing. People want to sell courses, then they, then they realize that that doesn't only scale so much, so then what they decide is let me get even more famous so I can sell t-shirts or get paid $500,000 to write a book or get $100,000 to speak. But here's the good news. You can do it. It's gonna come down to how good you are because what I know that you know that everybody knows is you know, you're getting paid for the access of the phone call and the curation of the content because the content is free. They can go find that stuff. There's, you know, the tried and true principles of lifestyle and health and benefits, they're established. I think what you need to think about is how you disproportionately, disproportionately bring value to your audience. The reason I wrote the thank you economy after Crush It, this is where you turn to the books, Ty, thank you. Uh, The reason I wrote thank you economy after Crush It was Crush It was, hey, everybody can do this. Thank you economy is, oh crap, everybody's gonna do this. Let me help people figure out how to win in a world where it's gonna be very competitive. Bro, I'm telling you something right now. Every word out of your mouth, what was what's in it for you, if you switch it into what's in it for them, you will have a chance. Mm-hmm. Period. No, absolutely, if, absolutely. I promise you if I go on your Instagram account right now that there's comments on your posts and I promise you didn't reply to all of them. That's not true. You check it out. I, I, yeah, I, I, will. I want you to. I'm doing it right now. What's your, what's your uh, Instagram handle? So Brian Pickowitz, P-I-C-K-O-W-I-C-Z. Brian, uh, is it one word or space or Brian? Yeah, just one word. Just one word. B- Brian, P-I-C-K-O-W-I-C-Z. Yep, I see you. Dude, you're in good shape. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. In my life. <laughs> All right, good job. One thing I wasn't anticipating was three comments. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, yeah, okay, so, so what's awesome, first of all, is I'm pumped that that's your mentality. The problem is, it, so first of all, kudos to Brian. He's absolutely right that he is getting in there and engaging, so first of all, I'm fucking pumped with you, sorry. Uh, but the thing, the, thing, the thing that does concern me is the stunning low amount of comments off your 4,000 base. Did you build that organically or have you ever done anything that, that made it go to 4,000 like a contest so or something you, random? So yeah, I've never, Help me. I've never bought any clients or anything like, um, I've pretty much been building this for the last two years, so very organic. Um, I, do, I do try to reach out to my audience, you know, at, you know, asking more questions and trying to get more feedback. I find that that usually comes through DMs though. Yeah, um, I agree, I agree. You know, not necessarily, most people, like if, I guess with what I do, it's so hard for some people to want to ask for advice. So I find that a lot of times what I get is the private message on the side. And obviously that's where I hustle and put in the work, but it, I guess putting it on the other aspect of putting it out in the open is a little bit harder. I would just, yeah, and as, as far as the YouTube front goes, I would just say if you want to crush it on YouTube, all the information is out there. Like go to Google, type in YouTube, click on the news, find out what the latest news is, type in like YouTube SEO, Really hone in your titles and descriptions. Do things that are timely. Caption your videos because YouTube doesn't really care as much about the tags anymore like they used to. They do really care about your, your, your actual captions and what's said in the video. Like if we're doing a video about boxing, I'm gonna mention Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao when I'm talking about a punching bag because I know that it's gonna be picked up in the captions and then hopefully that will be picked up in the suggested views if somebody's watching like a Manny Pacquiao video. So I would do that. Think about your timing. Try to find a like regular schedule. YouTube loves regular schedules. So he said something very important, Brett. Listen, he's, he said be timely. That means 
hack culture, right? You're talking about lifestyle, fitness, health, like, like you've gotta be smart about being aggressive when, you know, when Arnold Schwarzenegger's in news, when something is happening in fitness, when, when the, uh, uh, you know, competitions are on ESPN, World's Strongest Men, like be smart about what's going on in culture. Okay, right, that helps a lot actually. All right, good luck. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going. So, Link, while we're getting the next phone call, what's the most exciting thing that has happened because of this whole process? Um, I love traveling. I love seeing new places and exploring. That is something that I love to do and is so much fun. So I know that when we were hanging out the last time, you went to Paris, for example, for like 20 hours. Yeah. That was the coolest. Yeah, that was so much fun. I, I just fun. love traveling. I get it. I mean, it's not. That's it. You love it. Yeah, I love it. Hello. Hello, this is Gary Vee, and you're in the Ask Gary Vee Show. Oh my God, that's awesome! Hi. <laughs> Hi. What's your name, and where are you from? Hi, my name is Ari Cobb, and I am from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Have you been to New Orleans? No. Sounds like Dad. We need to make a trip. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, so, what's your question? Oh my God, I can't believe it's happening. Um, okay, my question is, um, I wanted to know, since you're all about inspiration and everything, um, I've been feeling a little bit unmotivated and I've been feeling like I should be doing something or I should be just, I feel like I should be pulled and like, it isn't, I'm feeling uninspired basically. That's my question. How do you get, when you lose inspiration and you lose motivation, how do you get it back? I get it back by remembering that you might die tomorrow. That's true. So I'm inspired by practicality and reality and the truth, which is it is ridiculously impossible to become a human being. I am one. I have other good things going for me as a human being and I'm just grateful. You're dwelling and looking at what you don't have versus looking at what you have. If you actually looked at what you had, your health, you know, living in America, you know, who the heck knows what would be on your list if you actually spent all your time looking at that versus I don't have a million dollars, I'm not famous, I don't have this. If you spent all your time on what you have versus what you don't have, you would be the happiest girl on earth. I didn't think about it like that. I'm aware that's why you're uninspired. You know, that's what's happening. Yeah. You're spending clearly and you're dragging yourself down into what you don't have, right? Yeah. You've been spending your money. You, Go ahead. Or how do you just like, just when you're, when, I, I doubt that you ever feel negative because you appreciate everything. Just how do you just, I feel so negative all the time and I, like you said, I do always dwell on what I don't have and just everything that's going wrong. How are you, how do you stay positive, positive and motivated? Lincoln, how do you stay so positive? I'll get to that in a second, but I want to incorporate my guests here. Um, when you're a young man, you haven't lived that long. Yeah. But when you're down, yeah. what do you do? Um, do you ever get down? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. I just see like what I could be doing right now instead of just like looking at it and just being sad about that instead of looking forward to how to fix it. Dad? Yeah, that's good. I think for me, I was born in the Philippines, really, really, really really poor place. I lived there for two years when I was 19 years old. And I feel like that side of it is something that 
it's interesting because you go, I go to the Philippines, whenever we go back, we went back there a couple of years ago, I see how poor people are, but yet they're like the happiest people in the world. And I'm like, how is that possible? But then when I come back to America, I'm like money so grateful buy for happiness. Yeah, but then Wait, it's then interesting. Money doesn't buy happiness. You, you, get, you forget too, like even though I was born in those like poor circumstances, I come, after being in America for like a year, like you get caught up in all those things. And I think coming back to that, whatever it is that grounds you, whether it's your family, getting out there and just working or serving other people, being thankful for what you have, like whatever it is that grounds you, if you can get back to that point and feel grateful and take, cut those things out of your life that you don't need, that helps you bring Ari, happiness. how old are you and like what's, what are the top three things that are bringing you down? Um, I'm 20 years old. 2-0? Yes. Okay, <laughs> and, and so what's, what's, what's making you Debbie Downer? Um, I'm in, I'm in school right now and I'm down just because I'm just stressed out because I feel that when I get out of school I'm not going to have anything to do. I'm down because when I train I'm not as good as I would like to be and just mainly I'm just being negative and just uh, being too hard on myself. Right, and so do you think that stems from the way you were parented? Um, yes and no. I was really sheltered as a kid and kind of like my mom treated me like I was a special little snowflake and which is not the case anymore. Or, or, or maybe you are in just a different way that your mom then created it, right? Like, like in theory everybody makes fun of the modern parenting and everybody makes their kids feel like they're the best and now the kids are saying, oh crap, I was confused, I thought I was the best. But the reality is we have to take on the responsibility of ourselves. Like, my mom told me I was the best. I equally spent all my time thinking that I was not the best because I could understand that I wasn't winning in every single thing always. You know what I mean? I mean, she might have created that sheltered thing, but I promise you, you realized pretty quickly in first, second, fourth, ninth grade, there was things that you weren't the best at, right? True, very true. Whose opinion are you worried about? Um... I'm worried about the opinion of the people that I train with, um, the people that have invested so much time in me. And what are we ta- and what, what are we talking about training wise? In what? Um, I'm an Olympic lifter and I do mixed martial arts. Wow. Okay. Um, um and I, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What does an Olympic lifter mean? Like you might go to the Olympics or you're in it? Like what, explain that oh, to me. Oh God, no, I wish. Um, Olympic lifting is um, the snatch and the clean and jerk and it's different movements that you do with um, the barbell. So what, you are literally, like, can you please tell me this, Ari? You literally go into your room sometimes and like after a workout and say, damn it, I wish I lifted 10 more pounds? That or that and it's just I feel like I could have tried harder, that I could have done more, that I could have had a better attitude. Ari, did you see Um, the video that I posted on YouTube that says you need to be your biggest fan? Um, yes. You need to watch that 8,000 times in a row. Okay. Like I don't, listen, Ari, let me give you a really good piece of advice. The rest of the world is gonna critique you and judge you, you need to stop doing that for yourself. Okay. I'm being dead serious with you. I think the other side is just this day and age in social media, a lot of people, even with our videos, like they see the video, they see us traveling, they see the glamorous side of things, but then maybe they don't see the other side where it's just, we're regular people. Like there's no difference between the way we live and any other people live. Like we have our downtimes. Like things, sometimes we're sad, sometimes things can be hard, but 
Um, I think it's important to not compare ourselves to other people on social media and see all the glamorous stuff. Are you what you're seeing on social? Yes, I'm, I'm very envious and that's a big problem. I'm, very, I'm a very envious person. Ari, I don't, I'm not envious of anybody. Like you need to figure out how to really become a bigger fan of yourself and not be envious. Like you, listen, if you're aware of these things and I don't know if it's going to see somebody, I don't know if there's a system in place, but like you're not gonna win this game if you continue down this path. Yeah, I know I'm not. I'm just gonna, self, self-loathing is not gonna get me anywhere. I just don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I, I respect that and like I'm not a psychiatrist or you know, like I, I'm, I just wanna get these things out of your mouth because I think they help but you've gotta realize like you've got it so good. Like ugh, ugh, there's 7.7 billion people on this earth. Are you rank in the top percentile just by being in New Orleans? She does Olympic lifting. I can't. I'm too skinny. I can't even do that. She doesn't have <laughs> a. Awesome. She doesn't have. She doesn't. Ha, she doesn't have a disease currently. Like, yeah. like, are right, you really got to get your perspective in order? Got to. You got to break the pattern. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. All right. You like. You have it awesome. Yeah. I mean it. You just need to believe it now. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna work on that. I have good news for you. You live in New Orleans. There's some shitty neighborhoods. Go take a ride. That is true. Wake the fuck up. Like, like, wake the fuck up. The majority of people have it worse than you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I I need a more emphatic yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm that's right it. And yeah. I, I, have a new, I have a news alert, by the way. Nobody cares about your problems either. Yeah. Like, too many people think their dwelling and complaining leads to an action because they grew up in environments where it did. Problem is, mom's not around anymore. We all got shit, man. We all I got shit. We all got shit. Yep, so I'm telling you, the number one thing that I do when I get dangerously, and I'm never there, but I fix my perspective. Get in your car right now and go drive around parts of New Orleans. You can wake up real fast if you choose to. Okay. Good. You're, you're absolutely right. Oh, that I know. I'm just sitting here and keeping <laughs> on the phone because I'm trying to think of a way to get you to know, you know? Yeah. Good luck, update us, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. What do you think? Tough one. No, it's a tough one because she has to believe within herself and not compare herself to other people. And this is a common theme, right? Like, there, was a, there, was a, yeah. there was a vibe there not so different than Taylor's that we had the other day. Like this whole like other people have it better, I don't have it as good. Like it's just not real and people are allowing themselves to go down this rabbit hole and it just, you know, you were super happy when you weren't making, people were saying, oh easy for him to say he's getting $50,000 brand deals. What? But you were happy when you weren't. Right, right. Like it's, a, it's not a money thing, it's a mindset thing. And you've gotta figure out how to break that pattern. Yeah, it doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. You, you gotta find that within yourself. What makes you happy? But I'm glad she's willing to ask. That's good, well, that's, that's a good what, step. Well the reason I'm keeping people on is the fact that people are even saying it out loud because 99% don't. Hey, it's Gary Vee and you're on the Ask Gary Vee Show. 
Holy shit, thank you so much. Oh You're, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Swartik Mayanja. I am from New, um, Woburn, Massachusetts. I but um, everyone calls me Q, just like the letter. All right, Q, I've got a very important question. Please. Are you a Patriots fan? Oh, of course I'm a Patriots fan. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Q, I had to do it to you, but I promise you that I will call you back another time. I'm just not in the mood right now. I'm still bitter. Let's move on. Keep it going. Oh, don't ask Lincoln any of that stuff either. Kick us out. No. Lincoln's a Patriots fan too? There's one player on there that he loves that just went on there maybe six months ago. Okay, I don't know. He doesn't bother me. We're college guys. He's fine. Yep. (laughs) That's great. Nope, not the other guy you're thinking of. That's the guy that could have ended this meeting. <laughs> hey, it's Gary Vee and you're in the Ask Gary Vee Show. Holy fucking shit, are you serious? I am. What's your name and where are you from? <laughs> Yo, uh, this is uh, David Trotter from Jersey City. Jersey love in the house, baby. All right, David, what's going on, man? Right, what's your question? And, and can you turn that down in the background because it's echoing? Oh yeah, hold on. Let me just, I'm like driving in my car. Let me just pull over. All right, yeah, pull over because we don't need a death. Yes, go ahead. All right, so um, I just got, first off, Gary, I came to feed your whole company, man. You flew away. You weren't even there. I missed you. I'm sorry, man. my whole house I apologize. All right, I'll see you again. Another time. I love you. All good. Anyway, um, so I just partnered into a wine company. Um, I'm a 15% partner. My fiance is the other 15%. We have a 70% partner. It's, uh, I think you actually did them on Wine Library way back in the day. It's called David Family Wine. Okay. One Michelle Reeves. Yep. I don't know if you remember. I remember. So uh, it's been kind of, okay, they've been great bottle of wine, but the brand has kind of been dead for the past three years. Michelle lived in New York, moved over to the West Coast, um, and had two kids, and it went from doing, you know, $300,000 a year down to $80,000 a year. And, you know, I have a hospitality company she wrote me in because we're doing events all over New York and New Jersey. And she's like, look, I think you'd be a great partner to help kind of reinvigorate it. Um, we're trying to figure out like what the next strategy is for the company. I tend to think it's a couple of different angles. Like we have the idea of obviously like distribution. We're in Gramercy Tavern. We're in 11th Madison Park, reinvigorating those sales. The other angle would be uh, obviously like the direct-to-consumer angle that we have to our website. And then I kind of had this crazy idea of like, well, why don't we just screw all of that stuff and go around it? And we, we do 500 cases a year. Why don't we just do a bunch of really cool events? And maybe the only way that you can get the wine is, you know, through these events. But I tend to think the Gary V answer might be all of them. So I wanted to throw that out there and see what, what you said you thought might be a really good idea. This show's eventually not going to be fun because I'm super pissed that you took my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, look, not well, sorry, you know it makes what? me Can happy. We... It, means that, it means that people are hearing me, right? The answer is all of them, brother. Now look, the model of doing events that it's the only way to buy it would then eliminate the other two. I wouldn't go that hard. I would just still do events, but I would create as many, dif- too many times people don't understand that you need to create as many ways for people to buy as possible, right? They may discover it at a restaurant. They may walk into the wine library and buy it off the shelf. They may go to a party and taste it and then go buy it. Uh, You've gotta do direct-to-consumer branding on Instagram and Facebook for your direct-to-consumer channel directly from the winery because you get to keep 100% of the economics instead of sharing it with the retailer and the distributor. So there's a million ways to do it. It sounds like you're pretty grounded in it. I have a funny feeling above and beyond the answer I just gave you, you know the next answer which is 
It's just patience. It sounds like you've got Absolutely. grounded, like just a matter of time, and you've got to think about the details. I think one of the great things that my partners here on this episode have done is they talk about the nuances. Here's a nuance. Be smarter about how you guys and what you put on the label of the wine. Is your social handles on the back of the label, right? Can you induce people to share it by doing a hashtag on the back of the label? So it's some of these nuances as well, but it sounds like you've got the religion down, which excites me around the strategy. Hey man, listen, you're, you're caught. Hello? Uh, he was about to say something really cool about me. I'm upset. <laughs> <You missed> it. <laughs> I took that one because I wasn't sure that you were oh. really ready to give a detailed wine answer uh, at this point in your career. <laughs> yeah. You've drank no wine yet. No. Okay. <laughs> Understood. I saw Sorry just comment. Um, Q? Please, Q. Please call me the next Ask Gary Vee, but I truly respect your decision. <laughs> <laughs> let's call Q back. I'm happy he said that. Let's call him right back. That's a, yeah, let's call Q back. He has a question about YouTube. So. Good, let's do it. <laughs> That's a good job by Q. Q, way to handle Can that adversity. Like right? Yeah. He didn't dwell. He figured out how to fix it. He did it by doing a public tweet. And Q has won this episode of the Ask Gary B Show. Like they win a Super Bowl every year. Hello? I respect yes. what you did. I like the way you handled the adversity, and so we're rewarding it. You are now back. First time ever, two time caller on the Ask Gary V show yeah. with Lincoln. And Lincoln's fired up. I truly, truly respect that. I do, I do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's your question? Oh my God. So I, I, I just started a brand new YouTube channel, and it, it's like this. From the beginning, it's super, super, super difficult, like just breaking and making a name for yourself. I want as to it know should be. real talk, though. Yes, yes, as it should be. But I want to know, like, real talk. Um, where do I? Where should I go? Because I'm lucky enough where people in my life, people who surround me, are all really supportive. But I need people who are truly, truly real, like giving me critical, you know, like just constructive criticism to tell me what I'm doing right, wrong. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's cute. It's nice. Good for you." But I don't know if it's actually good because I just know these people. It's like basically my mom, right? You know, like telling me that they love me and it's good. This is when it comes to YouTube. This is a really good question. Like we hear this a lot. And if you look at our channel, I didn't share that we had a YouTube channel with my coworkers, with my parents, with my family, until we hit 100,000 subscribers and we were in the news. Like, but we had like a bunch of different videos that we tried different things. We didn't think that we'd become like these huge YouTubers. But that's kind of a bit of advice that I have is that what I see a big problem that people do is that they will go and put a bunch of money behind a YouTube channel and they'll throw it out there to all of their Facebook friends and family and then they'll go on and they'll give them artificial views and then they'll give them these positive comments and then you start feeling like, oh, this is a really good idea. But even if all of your Facebook friends watched your video every single day for the entire week, you're not gonna make any money off the channel. It's not gonna grow that much. It really does take, you have that global audience like, Try the, the beauty about not telling everybody about what you're doing on your YouTube channel until you find an idea like ours was cutting stuff open, that's what took. But some of the other ideas, we just made them, the videos private. The beauty of that is that you have the whole world that can look at your channel and they can give you feedback. And sometimes they're pretty, they're, they're always honest. Like they're brutally honest. And that way you don't live off of like, oh, my mom said it's good or my family said it's good. You can find an idea and then finally find what works and what your niche is on YouTube and then go all in. Hide everything else, create a new brand, and just go for it. So just to follow up on that, so like, so now they know I can't go back. Like, they do know it is out yeah. there. So 
like I have over a hundred videos up, and um, I'm like basically my channel is I interview people, and it's called like the Everyday Hero Series, right? Interview everyday people, everyday people, right? And I consider them heroes, and they tell me why they are a hero, why they special, and that, that's like my idea. That's what how long how right long now. Have, how long have you been doing it, and what's what your what do your numbers look like? So my numbers are pretty pretty crappy. I've been doing this series, this niche type thing, for about two months now. I, I have like probably 35, 40 videos up of like six or probably like eight to 10 different interviews and then I'll like chop them up. I'll put some on Instagram, like a real short clip. I'll put like a longer video. How many, how many subscribers and how many views are these videos getting? Uh, I average anywhere between like 10 to 50 views and I have like 45 subscribers. I'm brand new, like I started six months ago. Okay. So what? Yeah. What's so the like, question? What? Why was the advice that you were just given not feasible? Come again. Say that again, please. So, so you, so you just got some great advice, in my opinion, and then you said, well, "Yeah, but I've already the cat's out of the bag. They already know." Why did you dwell on the fact that they know versus the strategy of trying different things? That's a good question. And not, I'm not really, the thing is I'm not dwelling on it. What I really do want to go out and look for is am I not just getting exposure or does my idea suck? It's like I want someone sure. to tell so me. Let, like, why? Yeah. The, I have good news. Somebody told you. It's called the market. They told you it sucks so far. Okay. Yes. But, but, Wine Library TV was told two months in that it sucked. You were told, kind of, sorta, in the first couple of months. It took a long time until it actually took off. It, but you do have to. Li- I mean, you do, got, do have to listen to the market, and you have to look and see like, does this video have the potential to go viral? Are a lot of people going to be watching it? And if you're already looking into the, make sure you're looking at the algorithm, like advice I gave earlier. Like, make sure you're doing all of those other things that you can control, like your titles. The first line of the description is super important, and then some of your tags not as important. Make sure you're captioning your videos, but. At some point, yeah, you want to look at it and say, this stuff isn't taking off. Is there something else I can do? And experiment with it. Q, I think you should start making videos as the Boston guy that hates the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) Q, real quick, real quick, Q. Why do you want to do this? Like straight up. Come again? What, you, you, you want to become Casey? Like you want to make $5 million a year just making videos? Like what, what are you doing? You want to be Ted Koppel? Like why are we doing this? Like if I'm gonna be honest, Hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick. Before you answer that, I just had a thought. Do you know who Ted Koppel is? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Who? Yeah. No. Sorry, okay. you don't neither. I get it. All right. Do you? So why are you doing this? Because uh, I want to basically be like the male Ellen DeGeneres. I want to be like Joe Rogan. Like I. That's like the dream. That's the dream. Great. Like I, that's what I want to do. Great. If that's true, then you need to stop calling shows and getting positive feedback or feedback two months into it. If you're trying to do that, you need to, mm. you need to know that you are on a ridiculous marathon and that most yeah. likely nothing good will happen for the next seven to 11 years. Seven to 11? Yes, sir. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, that's absolutely legit, but just, just a little off topic. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna, I'm a, no time. problem. You're not taking my time. I just need you to know something. Yes. Whenever that piece of advice comes out and the response is, that, yes, you're right, but you've already lost. You know that, right? Wow, okay. 
That's the punchline cue. The punchline is, yeah. it's seven to 11 years. How old are you again? 23. Great. Like, I'm telling you to your face, you have no prayer of being Joe Rogan or Ellen DeGeneres for the most part, and if you do, I wanna remind you that both of them had seven to 15 year careers before they even looked remotely close to Ellen. I just wanna remind everybody who's watching the show, I've been in the public limelight producing content on an everyday basis for the last 11 years. Wow, okay. So like my perspective is just, I mean. Fucking broken. You're worried about shit two months in on a journey that is gonna be the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. You're just you're just I mean, you're just not in the right mindset. That's real. And you know what else is real? You haven't Googled how do I get better titles? How do I use YouTube SEO? So you've lost on the architect side and you're also losing on the plumbing side. I won on the architect side. I don't know all your story, but you clearly won on the plumbing side and you're not playing either. Jeez, Lord. Okay. All right. All right. You know how you yeah. Patriot fans uh, make fun of shitty teams? That's what I'm doing to you in reverse. This is how a Jets fan feels good about himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is why when I go, to, you know what, what I just did? This is my favorite thing, this is just a little side story, I never tell this. I'm such a bad human being at sporting events. I'm the worst version of myself, Lincoln. There's something called beer muscles. This is where people get drunk, drinking beer, stupid guys that are older, and then they wanna fight people. I have sports muscles. When I go into a stadium, I actually wanna fight people. I'm like the reverse of me. My goodness. Yeah, so when I go to Foxborough, Q, you're gonna love this. When I go to Foxborough and I wear my Jets jersey and people start making fun of me, I change the conversation. Literally, this is me arguing with a fan where the guy's like, you suck, Jets suck. I go, yeah, yeah, bro, but what about me versus you? I'm like, tell me about your life because I'm beating you, dick face. You get real petty when you go to Foxborough. I get real angry and so, listen, man, your, your macro and micro are broken, fix both. Go spend 15 hours researching on Google how to become better at YouTube and start realizing you're on a marathon. Take your sprinter shoes off. Yeah. Oh, Gary, I, I totally appreciate this. Good Thank man, you. good luck. Thank you very Thanks, much. I think that's a good point. Like I'm 37 years old and I, like I said, I started a few businesses early on after reading books that got me really motivational. Like I was this young kid with a global finance degree. I'm like, I can do this, but I kept my day job for all these years. And it wasn't until this was finally the thing I never would have thought is like cutting stuff open on YouTube, but that turned out to be the thing. And now I could step away from my day job and do this. But sometimes you got to experiment and be okay with failing and walking away and going, I just learned something better than I could have learned by spending the money of getting an MBA. Like I just learned in the, in the real world. Go figure. Lincoln, the guests on this show get to ask the question of the day. I would love for you to ask the question of the day. What question do you want to ask the Vayner Nation? Now, by the way, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be the theme of the show. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to, it could literally be like, what's your favorite bubblegum flavor? Like, what are you actually curious about to get thousands of people to respond on Facebook and YouTube about? Um, what is everyone's favorite ice cream? Nice! That works with what we've already talked about. I like it. Thank you for being on the show. Yes. And you, my man, thank you so much. You're awesome, thanks for your advice. You keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Guys, thanks for listening to the audio experience. Two things, one, make sure you're watching my vlog on YouTube and two, hit me up on the DM. It's going down on DM.